All right, this is WFMU. You're listening to YOY Radio. I'm Andrea Salenzi, and I have a guest on my show that requires no introduction if you listen to WFMU, but wait definitely minute, requires introduction for some of my listeners. Yes, Andrea began by saying, Andrea just seconds ago warned me that her listeners will not know who I am. Not all of them. Yeah. Some oh. of them discovered this in the iTunes store where they can discover um, all some my, other great things. All of my listeners know who you are. But, uh, I was I, your producer for eight years. Yes, exactly. And uh, that's right. You can sort of uh, cut your teeth at, this, at FMU on our show. And this is, this is kind of surreal. But actually, it feels great to be a guest on your show. It, it's the, it was my gateway drug for WFMU. It's <laughs> it was your gateway drug. <laughs> Your gateway drug. Oh my God! No yeah. wait. No, how many years ago was it when you first started calling our little? Show? I was in college. It was eight years ago. Oh. I called up. I became your volunteer blogger. You almost got me kicked out of college. We corrupted you because um. you were so nice about everything. <laughs> you didn't say no to anything. That we, we set threw a world at you. record together. I don't recall that. What was the world record? Most guest book for an hour-long oh. radio show. Oh, of course, that's radio it's history. Like second line in my bio, Andy. Fantastic! Oh, I'm so I'm so so glad to be here. When did you get your own show here? Uh, it was right after yours, so okay. you probably remember that it was November of last year. And what kind what kind of things do you do? You play music? I say it's where um, uh, love meets technology. It's like about dating and and technology. Oh, fantastic! How's yeah. that working out for you? Are you loving it? Oh no, it's amazing! I didn't realize how much fun it was to have listeners. I know you hate and despise your listeners, but I really like mine. Do have you ever met them in person? Yeah, yeah. I and we email and you know meet for drinks. I, I'm really a fan of, and then they become guests on my show, and it kind of feeds the the process. It's wonderful. But what should folks hmm. know about you? What's what's that like? <laughs> um, what's it like being such a good person? <laughs> uh, what should they know about me? Well, what should your fans know about me? I, I, I didn't realize, I, I didn't appreciate it. I have to reintroduce myself. But I've been on, I've been at FMU. I've had a show for, uh, for about over 20 years. I've been co-hosting with Ken Friedman. And you're right, we have the time slot just before yours, of course. And, uh, and by day, for most of that time, I've been writing uh, comedy and TV. I've written for Saturday Night Live and David Letterman. It's pretty obvious I'm, I'm a very, very funny man. That's pretty obvious. Yeah, you wrote one of the greatest SNL sketches of all time, the White Like Me sketch. Uh, oh, with Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy? Yes, that was, uh, that was me. That was an, a lifetime ago, it feels like. And, uh, and then I went on to do uh, movies and uh, TV series and things like that. And then uh, uh, last year, though, I, be- I began to feel uh, burned out, and uh, I began to kind of yearn for something new. Have you ever had that feeling? You're in a job, and it just didn't feel like uh, you were home. It just didn't feel like you were being satisfied, and you wanted to try something new. You know, I really can you give us an instance of in your life? 
Um, I just love um, continuing to be challenged and continuing to learn new things. And, you know, it, yeah, what are you, I love running for mayor. <laughs> That's the safest answer I've ever heard. Uh, fantastic. Well, anyway, I decided, I decided a year ago to start, uh, God help me, start a toy company. And I did. Uh, and it's kind of scary, although these new startups, they're like what writing scripts were 15 years ago. Everybody's doing it. It's, uh, it seems to be uh, everybody's sort of golden ticket. Everybody thinks that it's the way out of the jungle. So what was that like when you first went to your wife, Beth, and you said, I, I have this idea. Are you okay? Like, did, which, has she been supportive from it's the It's so funny you said that. And I think it's understandable. My wife and all my kids, I have a number of kids. I've, I've lost count. It's like five or six. <laughs> and, uh, but all of them were uh, understandably skeptical. Uh, because I'd been making a good living writing and doing doing something else, and so um, and so they all promised that if I ever make a million dollars, if I ever net one million dollars with my toys, that they would all go on what I'm calling the apology cruise, <laughs> and I would take my profits and I would book us all on a cruise. This is my wife and my older kids, and uh, the first night of the cruise, I actually fantasize about this. Uh, we would uh, we would get a we would go to the dining room. We'd all sit around the table, <laughs> and one by one, we would go around the table, and all my children and my wife would take turns apologizing to me for doubting me. That's my fantasy. So uh, now, what's the version of the apology cruise if it doesn't work out? <laughs> well, if it doesn't work out, I'll take everyone on a cruise, and the whole dinner will be me telling everyone they were right. Good. And uh, I should have known better. Uh, but anyway, I'm here tonight, and you're oh, you're being so generous with your time. I, I can't even imagine what your listeners are thinking. Oh, I'm so. Let me apologize to them. Should I be talking about like um, girls I met and like girls no, I dated once? No, you know, dating is like is a lot like what you're doing. You put yourself out there. You have this like idea of what you want, but you don't really know what it's going to be like once you start doing it, and and then you settle for me. Yeah. Well, that's like dating. <laughs> you can feel. Well, it's like, yeah, you just have to try something you, to know if it's going to work or not. You gradually, gradually lower your standards. Yeah. But you have to be uh, a little insane to, put, to do something like this. You know, it is like dating in, 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 in a lot of ways. You're absolutely right. Because to launch, a, to launch uh, and build a successful company, you have to be able to uh, pivot and change your goals and look realistically at who you are and the world around you and what and uh, you're absolutely right and I bet people that are successful at dating uh, I bet it translates I bet they are often successful at this as well because I use a lot of the same uh, life skills yeah no th- I think I think just the saddest people are the ones who say well I you, you know no one's gonna like my idea no one's gonna like me I'm just gonna stay home do nothing yeah Although I may end up wishing I was one of those people, <laughs> I'm, that, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, I'm that much in a hole. So your website is UncleAndyToys.com. UncleAndyToys.com. But I'm here to plug. I'm here because this week I'm launching an app. I don't even. I'm not computer literate. I'm sort of a luddite, as you might know, and I, I rely on. Uh, I've always relied on help and my assistants to do this. But I had an idea for an app. It was inspired by me never winning games on online. I was beaten soundly uh, at words with friends all the time. And I began to fantasize, wouldn't it be great to have an app where I could control what letters my, uh, my opponent is getting? I could cheat. And he'll never know that I'm cheating. That's the genius of it. That's <laughs> the genius of it. So the app is called uh, Rig Trivia. It looks like an ordinary trivia is game. Is it called that? I think it's called Ivy League tri- no, no, Trivia. No, no, no. You have to buy Rig Trivia. And you buy it, you download it, you go to the settings page. It's all free. And at the settings page, there's actually a, a switch that says disguise the game. There's no other app like that. You actually get to disguise the game. And when you throw that switch, the game transforms into Ivy League trivia. It, tra- it changes into a different – and it changes into an ordinary-looking app, but uh, – into an ordinary-looking uh, quiz. But the trick is you will never lose – the game. You will know every question on every subject. It's huh. it's a miracle. I worked it out with a magician friend of mine named Simon Mandel, and it's just fantastic. Uh, I have a ten year old daughter, and she can answer any question on any subject. You want me to prove it? Yeah, Molly, okay. we'd love to have but you call in also if you'd like to to prove it. Okay. Yes. If Ma- wait, hold on. My wife just sent me something. Evan, you. Oh, please call home instead. Wait. What what number should Bethy call? 201-209-9368. There it is. She'll call in a call. second. But uh, 
here's how I can prove, here's how I can demonstrate how amazing this app is. Andrea, tell me something. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Okay, here. I'll, I'll just prove it when, 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 uh, when Molly calls. Okay. I'll just, I'll, just cre- I'll just come up with a question. No, or no, no. I could open up a sample no, question. No, 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 you can't because from the app, people will think she's cheating. But I will ask her about you. I will ask her a question that only I know about you. Hmm. And uh, uh, here you go. Write down, right here, write down, the, uh, uh, write down the name of your street where you live. Okay. Well, you don't, wait, okay, perfect. You don't have, I won't even tell the borough, but that, okay. And now when Molly calls, you'll see, she'll know the name of that street. Magic. It'll be, it'll be amazing. And what's fun about my app is you can go to parties and bars and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be smart, Andrea. It involves yeah. a lot of education and a lot of work. <laughs> but with my app, with my app, Rig Trivia, and you can, and you can download it at, uh, and you can see a little demonstration of it at, at Rig Trivia. That's the, that's the Twitter site. Or you can go to my website. UncleAndyToys.com. Uh, cool. So, wait, so Bethy's not, oh, there's, Bethy's saying no one's picking up. Oh, this is just here. Oh, no. Sad. You want to call us on our landline? Do you know how to call out? Uh, yes, if you show me the number. Here's the number. We can give this a try. All and, right. Uh, and there's also a companion app, which is called uh, Rigged Word Scramble, where you can scramble, where you can unscramble someone's words. And, uh, and that also involves cheating. It's not very ethical. It's more like a magic trick, I guess. There it is. We're calling. Okay, let's see if this works. Okay. 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 This is fantastic. Sorry, I, have you guys. ever have you ever called out before? No. Is this your first call out? Yeah. Look! Look how well trained I am. Oh my Tell gosh! Ken. I've been doing it for thirty years. <laughs> Tell Ken. I've been here for thirty years. I I couldn't do that in a million years. Uh, oh. Oh, sorry guys. Maybe oh. it wasn't supposed wait, to no, dial is that, one. Wait, wait. Oh, maybe you're not supposed to dial one. I don't know. But how can no one pick up? Is is Nick not just is Nick call screening? I think Nick came in and he said something, and then I couldn't figure out he if it was I can totally do this or I could totally not do this. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, matter. I know. Well, people can see a little demo of my kids doing it on, uh, on at Rig Trivia. Yeah. If it means anything. Well, how to do you? Um, you know, you've raised some wonderful. I'm a big fan of your daughters. Um, Julie yeah. is the best. Um, Julia is the, yeah. Julie is the best. Rachel, Molly. Rachel's the, Rachel's second best. How do you best. be a good dad to girls? Um. Oh well. Ooh, you know what? Did I someone act- answer? I actually have an answer for that. Oh, hi, honey. Hey, hey, oh, honey. Is that Molly? Hey. Hi. Hi, Molly. How are you? Hey, Molly, have you ever met my friend Andrea? Am I supposed to? What, what, Probably when you were super little, when you used to come to our live did you, she, she came to our live shows a few times. Um, she did, and she's come to some parties, but then I... I uh, and I went to your house for the... We had, a, we had a producer's meeting at your house once. And was Molly there? Definitely. I've met Molly a bunch of times, but well, she doesn't well, have to remember me. Here you go. You can prove whether or not you've met her. Is Molly cute or not cute? Oh, my gosh. So cute. That's it. Then you didn't meet her. I'm sorry, <laughs> that, I'm sorry that I doubted you. Hey, Molly, how was your day today, honey? It was good. Why? Hey, uh, why? Because I'm supposed to ask because I'm your dad. That's kind of my job. That's why. And uh, Andrea just asked it's me why. <laughs> Andrea just asked me how. Andrea just asked me, what's my secret? How am I such a great dad? To girls. To girls. And so I, I was about to tell her that I think uh, I just step out of the way and let, let mommy raise you. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't interfere with mommy. Um, hey, I'm showing everybody how rig trivia works. Is it okay? Yeah, we're on, well, no, we're on, not on my show. We're on another show uh, called uh, Somebody Love Me. Wait, what's the name of your show? <laughs> Stop calling my show that. I'm sorry. It makes me sound so desperate. I forgot the name of your show. You actually think my name, my show is called that. I've discussed this with my listeners. They know. They know what you've been saying about me. Sorry. You're doing me the sweetest favor in the world. And here it's I am. It's okay. I owe you my career. It's no. Fine. Oh, God. That's that's. Um, hey, listen, it's Molly. It's called YOY. Oh, it's called YOY. Oh, that's a great show. You named Molly. it, actually. Oh, that's right. I did in, in, in years ago. Hey, Molly, let me ask you some questions about Andrea, but I'm showing people how this magic quiz works where you can know every answer. Are you ready? 
guess. Okay. Oh, I can't hear you very well. Here we go. Oh, you can't hear me? Well, I'll talk a little louder. Okay, here we go. Ready? What? No. Wait, can you hear me now? All right, I'm running these down. All no, right, you don't have go. to write. No, you don't have to write it down. Just listen. You don't have to write anything down. Ready? All right. What is the name of Andrea's street? Is it Edge Park Drive or Himrod Street or Ridgedale Avenue or Cedar Lane? Uh, B, the second. The second one, Himrod Street? Oh, my gosh. That's How right. How did she figure that out? That's right. Is that right? So the trick is just that it's always B, right? No, that's not the trick. <laughs> yeah, we'll do one more question, okay, uh, Molly? All right. Okay. Uh, here we go. Ready? Yeah. Um, if you were here in the studio right now meeting Andrea, what would she be wearing? A, a green dress. B, a yellow blouse. C, a white shirt with diamond designs. Or D, a pink, uh, a, a, a uh, black dress. Uh, C. C? That's right. Isn't that Amazing. right? Amazing. That's right. It's a shirt with diamonds. I'm psychic. I think you trained a psychic daughter. Well, no, it's not psychic. There's a little trick. I worked it out with a magician. And apply that to when you download my app, you get 500 questions on physics and history and uh, any subject at all. And you just know every question. So wow. you can go into a bar, hey, you can Dad? go to a situation. Yes, honey. Can I hang up? <laughs> yes. Wait, Molly, I just want to ask you. Andy, sorry, sorry, Wait, wait sorry. Molly. I'm in the middle of homework. Oh, do homework. Oh, my gosh, do homework. Bye. Bye. Thanks for calling. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, she is a I like. <laughs> I wanted to ask her, like, is it more important to be, like, to be smart or to be trained to act smart? Like, which is... Do you think that goes to the core of Do you think that goes to the core of, of, of women in America and, and the decisions they have to make in life? Um, that's like you, a, well that's like a dating question, isn't it? I guess. That's like a first date question, isn't it? I think it? some very successful people in this world are just able to trick you into thinking they really know what's going on. And so I think it's okay. So that's what my fake it till you make it. And I think that this app could be a great tool for doing that. Now, when you were when you were dating, I guess you're not dating now. You're you're seeing someone, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. when you were dating someone, did you on the first date did you say a lot of I don't know? That's a good question. I'll have to look that up. Oh yeah. Well, you know what I do? This is my horrible move. Is I pretend I read the whole article, and I definitely didn't. So I'll be like, I that read this f- thing in the New York Times. That but you just housing. read the, you just read the headlines. Yeah, I just read like a little bit of it. I um, don't really know. Well. Uh, whatever it is worked for you. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, you're so sweet to give me 20 minutes on your on your little on your little show. Of hey, course, it's so fun to have you. Oh, uh, okay. So if people are interested in trying the app for free, it's at Rig Trivia, and they can try it. And uh, and now, how can I repay you? What can Can't I plug possibly. on my show? Well, you know what? You know what? Not only do do I enjoy that you already repaid me by giving me this app. I think it's really. <laughs> Yeah, I right. even paid a dollar ninety nine to upgrade, so yeah, you've made at least a dollar ninety nine. I saw your name on the list. Really? You yeah, t- how often do you check that list, Candy? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like me and my podcast subscribers. I'm like, I need one more. Wait, do you actually check every no, day? No, I many can't because I'm on WFMU. But um, yeah. and t- tell me about the rest of the show. We're at the twenty minute mark. Yeah. So what? Right. Right now, we're going to head over to an interview I did with a guy who built a right swiping robot finger about a year ago. You mean he also had a dream for a company? Yeah, exactly. So he's outsourced his Tinder dating work to a robot, and his name's Andrew Sink. Where did you find him? On the internet. He was actually, all these blogs went after him for being a guy who was just trying to get laid, but really he's he's more creative than that, and we'll hear why. Thank you so much for coming on my show, Andy. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Andy. And thanks for... uh, and thanks in advance for judging our big live show in a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. I seriously can't wait. Yeah, right. <laughs> seriously can't wait. Some friends of mine bought a 3D printer, um, you know, a few years ago when they were first coming out to, like, desk- making desktop models, like the MakerBot replicator and the, the Up and some other ones. And so they bought one, and they had it. They kind of toyed around it for a while, and it got to the point where they were making stuff, and people were saying, like, oh, hey, I'd love to have, you know, one of those things you made. Can I buy one from you? And so they bought another printer to produce things to, you know, sell to people. And they got another and then another. And then pretty soon they had, you know, we're up to nine printers now. And 
I got involved after hearing them talk about it for a while. I thought, well, I'll just buy a kit. And uh, I like building stuff. I'm a very hands-on person. So I bought a kit, and I put it together, and I built my first 3D printer. And I thought, oh, man, this is so cool. And then I would go up to, to Richmond to see all of their printers. And kind of after playing around with it for a while, I thought, this is something I could actually do, you know, for a job. So my previous job, I worked in a research and development, and I worked in, for a little company in uh, Florida doing research for them. And uh, I left and then moved up here and uh, started doing 3D printing full-time. What kind of things are you typically 3D printing? There's this project called the InMove, and it's basically a fully articulated humanoid robot. And it started with a hand, and then it became an arm, and then a shoulder, and then a chest, and then a neck, and then a head. And the inventor, uh, Gail, a uh, uh, guy from France, kind of he's been putting out these plans for it as he's been printing it and building it. And it's an open source project. So everybody kind of weighs in with their own two cents and makes improvements or minor modifications on the design. So the internet's full of uh, communities of people who are kind of building this robot, and it's being kind of crowd the uh, the work is being crowdsourced to a certain extent. Um, and one of the parts of that robot is actually an articulated finger, and it, it's meant as a kit and an introduction to the robot. So you print it out, and it's just one finger, and there's a small microprocessor attached to it, and a little servo motor, and it does one thing, and that is to move the finger up and then down. Huh. What could a little finger that's moving up and down possibly be used for? Exactly. So I've had this thing on my desk for, I built it, you know, a while ago, and then I moved on to the hand, and then I built the arm, and I've got all the way up to the chest and part of the jaw of the robot, and it's it kind of, the scope of it creeps up very quickly. So pretty soon you're working on this really, you know, big life-size robot, and the finger kind of got forgotten, and it was sitting on my desk for a long time, and it's just been kind of sitting there not doing much. And, uh, and I started to get back into Tinder after I moved to Richmond, been here for about two weeks or so before I thought, huh, I should, you know, this is a big city. There's definitely a lot more people here. I should fire up Tinder and, and go on a date. So I did. And then I went on a date and it was fine. And I came back from it and I thought, okay, well, this is cool, but it's kind of time consuming to, to go through manually like everybody. So your policy is to just like everybody. Not when I was using Tinder initially. Oh. When I first got Tinder, I was going through and I was kind of looking at profiles and I was seeing people and, you know, kind of looking at who I'd be interested in. But in doing that, it's kind of a time-consuming process because it takes you, you know, a couple seconds to look at a photo and then you have to, you know, read a description, flip through more photos. So you wind up spending a little bit of time going through them. And if you're not really looking to date and it's more of a, a casual thing, then it's definitely, it makes more sense to want it to, you know, move through a lot more efficiently. What are you looking for when you when you get on an app like Tinder? Like, how single are you? Are you using it to just meet a lot of bitches and have a lot of sex? Like, what's what's the game plan here? No, definitely not. Um, the game plan uh, is kind of improvised at this point. Like, uh, like you said, I just kind of moved into town, and I'm still sort of meeting people, and more importantly, figuring out where everything is. I still only know of like five bars in a town with like a hundred. So I'm still kind of trying to figure out where to go, you know, where uh, where to see bands and things like that. And it was kind of, I thought Tinder might be an interesting way to to speed up that process. Now I can meet people who have lived here for a while or people who are, you know, more in touch with the local scene than I am, who as an outsider had, you know, very little experience with any of it. How did you figure out that the robot could help you uh, with this process? So one morning I woke up and I was pretty hungover. And I was looking at my desk, and I had the phone with the Tinder app open sitting right next to the robot finger. And in my kind of like hungover haze, I saw the two, and I thought, oh, my God, I just had a great idea. So I kind of used the uh, – I had a little cradle for the uh, the robot finger that I put the phone in. And I was like, I wonder if it will line up okay. And I had a conductive pen that I was using for Snapchat for drawing pictures because I'm terrible at drawing stuff. So I have a little pen I use for doodling on Snapchats. But I thought, okay, well, this is this could actually make the process a little bit more efficient if it works. Let's see if it works. So I put the phone on the cradle and then turned the thing on, and then I saw it like a profile, and then I saw it like another profile. And then I let it sit for almost four hours as it kind of went through and liked, you know, somewhere close to 500 profiles. Wow. So then what was your match rate out of 500 profiles in a couple hours? 
So I didn't really start tracking the metrics, and Tinder doesn't release a lot of the information. They don't tell you how many people you've liked, or they don't tell you the average age of who you've liked, or they don't really share any of that with you. So you kind of, a lot of it's guesstimation. So at this point, we're thinking that it's been running for about 12 hours or so. So it's probably racked up somewhere close to 10,000 likes uh, that I've sent out, of which I've received 500 matches and probably about 50 or so messages. Whoa. And it's, and it's an ongoing process. So, you know, it's not because Richmond is kind of like it, the, the edge of the, the Tinder radius kind of touches on Charlottesville and Washington, D.C. You also get like the fringes of those places, too. So you get even larger user bases yeah. in addition to, you know, downtown Richmond. So and also everyone out in the boonies between D.C. and Richmond. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. So then what do you what's the next step? You start combing through the messages and seeing who you actually like? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you. Uh, this project, you know, I did it as kind of like a fun thing that I thought would kind of help to, to pass a hungover morning. And then uh, after it worked for a couple hours and I thought starting to like, you know, more and more profiles, I thought maybe I should take some pictures of this and put it online. And then, you know, I started getting messages from friends like, hey, I just saw this thing on, you know, online. And I went and checked and I was getting page views from Gizmodo and from Gawker and from Jezebel. And, uh, and I realized, oh, people noticed this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I work for a, a popular news magazine now. Uh, has anyone, and we actually were having a conversation recently about how a lot of online journalists don't make phone calls anymore. Did anyone okay. call you to talk about the finger? No one's called for a quote, or nobody's contacted me to, to get any information. But a lot, it's, it's kind of weird. A lot of the articles, I'm not sure if it's a projection of the journalist's point of view or what they think of Tinder, but a lot of the articles that were written have very distinct tones. You know, some of them say, like, this is an attempt to game Tinder, and this is, like, trying to give some kind of mechanical advantage that's unfair. You know, another one was, like, desperate guy, seeks date. And, uh... <laughs> You know, and a lot of them, it's like they're, they're kind of missing the point of the, the thing, and they're sort of, I think they're projecting what they thought the project is meant to be. And the comment section of any article, you know, they're always bad, but for this, they're real bad. What did Gawker say about you? Didn't they call you horrible or nasty? Uh, evil genius, actually. <laughs> and so I took that with a grain of salt, and I thought, well, I mean, it's better than the alternative of just being labeled plain evil. So I took it. What was the Gawker headline? Uh, the Gawker headline actually wasn't terrible. It was, Guy builds right-swiping robot finger to get more matches on Tinder. Which is technically correct. Although, if you want to get really technical about it, I actually built a robot finger, you know, didn't touch it for almost a year, and then decided to apply it to Tinder. That would be a more accurate but less interesting headline. So, the, yeah, this is the headline I would write, is Guy builds right-swiping robot finger a year ago, then moves to a new town and realizes that he could put it to use to make more friends in Richmond, Virginia. Perfect. Incredibly <laughs> accurate, incredibly uh, perfect, not very concise, and probably not very interesting, and most likely wouldn't have been picked up by nearly as many uh, magazines as it was. Okay, this is the thing that Gawker said. I just found the article. They called you gross. That's what I thought was strange. Yeah, they said still gross, and I'm, I'm still actually kind of, it's up for debate as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I asked a few friends about what they thought it meant, and it does point out that, you know, uh, I wasn't really motivated by an upper hand women have on matchmaking sites, is the quote. And that was from somebody who had built something, they built a software application, you know, about a month ago that allowed them to like something crazy, like 10,000 users in like five seconds or something like that. And it effectively exhausted all of the potential matches for them in a radius in moments. And they built that because they felt that it was unfair that they had to spend so much time liking profiles, whereas women had many more messages incoming, which really wasn't at all what I was concerned about or even really aware of until I started looking into it. So how many Tinder dates have you gone on? I've gone on a total of one Tinder date. And that was before you put the finger to use, right? Yeah, I went on one Tinder date and it was before I actually had built this robot finger. You're not even using it for dating right now. At this point, it started as kind of like a fun experiment that hit the public eye really fast and people had really strong opinions on and they just couldn't wait to get to the comment section of the article to voice them. See, this is the thing I've been thinking. I mean, I know this isn't your area of expertise, but like this is basically what I've been thinking a lot about is this wind tunnel. So like you built this cool thing, 
But for some reason, it hits on a nerve for people because it's about Tinder and it's about 3D printing and it's about robots and it's about people seeking sex. And something about that means that we all want to click on it and go, oh, gross. Ooh, who's this guy? And then five million other blogs copy the first person who found it. And no one calls you to hear the real story. Like we lose the nuance because we're so quick to be scandalized by any story about online dating and robots. Sure. And I think part of it, there's definitely a strong, you know, gender component, too. And uh, the headline, actually, I had to look it up. And the the headline that Gawker had posted previously was, Techies are hacking Tinder in a desperate attempt to get laid. So with that headline kind of fresh in everybody's minds, they saw this Tinder robot. And a lot of the comments were like, this is ridiculous that he would put this much time and effort into getting a date. Or he built this crazy contraption specifically just in an attempt to get laid. You know, where in reality it was actually a completely unrelated project from, you know, a, a robotics project that happened to have a, you know, a later application. There's definitely an element of, at least in the comment section, of people who are talking about uh, their their level of outrage that I spent so much time building this thing to, to go on dates. So then what? why do you build fingers and robots? Like, explain your real motivation behind this kind of hardware hacking you do. You know, it's a hobby. I like building stuff. I like taking stuff apart. Um, I'm generally uh, a fairly mechanically and electronically oriented person. And I'm just, you know, I'm an electronics hobbyist who does 3D printing as a hobby as well. So there's this big overlap between 3D printing and electronics. That's really cool to kind of explore. And But there's generally not a lot of press. Uh, you know, most stuff isn't really, nobody would be impressed that a uh, 3D printed robot finger moved, you know, two inches up and then, retracted two inches down and then repeated that process 10,000 times. But if it's like in 10,000 Tinder profiles, everybody's eyes pop open. Yeah, or if you 3D print a gun, then everyone wants to talk about 3D printing. But other than that... Yeah, actually, the last time that I had any kind of article get nearly as much attention uh, is when somebody in England got arrested for 3D printing a gun and the police released photos of the components. And I actually recognized them and identified them as not components of a gun, but components of the 3D printer itself. He was actually printing out spare parts. And so I made a post saying, hey, this guy was building, you know, parts for his printer and not his gun. And it got a lot of attention of people saying and linking to it, you know, this is what those parts are. Those aren't pieces of a gun. Whereas the general public, any 3D printing component that's put next to a ruler looks really, you know, alarming. Interesting. Because it's probably easier to get your hands on 3D printer parts being 3D printed than it is gun recipes. Yeah, I mean, 3D printers, you know, uh, the open source ones like the RepRap, the, the actual schematics are available freely online. So if you have a 3D printer, in theory, you can have as many 3D printers as you want. You just buy, like, the metal rods and the vitamins, they call them, things the printer can't make, screws and nuts and bolts and things like that. But other than that, you can, you know, reproduce, you can make a printer for your friend, basically. And those, and that's what this person happened to be doing. Hmm. So... You're super jazzed about 3D printing. I think it's like the coolest thing in the world. What should everyone know about it that they're not going to get through a sensationalized news story about 3D printing? It's super useful. Um, the, the applications are, are really limitless, and learning how to actually print things and design them and draft them is a really rewarding process. And it's something that I think in, you know, it's, in 10 years, everyone's going to have one of these. There's going to be a 3D printer in every house. That's just the way that this technology is moving forward. It's being taught in schools. Most, almost every high school has a 3D printer. Most middle schools do. You know, they're moving it on so that kids can have a more tangible grasp on objects or printing or designing or just working with technology in general. It's incredibly useful to have one around. A friend of mine plays banjo, and the, the tuning peg on his banjo broke off. So we just modeled a tuning peg and printed it out, and, you know, 30 minutes later, his banjo was working fine again. So that would be the the imagine like future household use. Sure, or if you're inviting guests over for dinner and you're you're short one fork, you can basically go to your printer and you know tap a few buttons and before you know it you have a fork. So there's all there's all kinds of applications. The best argument I hear is you know sustainability that you don't have to go buy a new toaster that you could 3D print the broken handle for the toaster. And there it is, yeah, and that's that's part that I'm really glad you picked up on as far as the 3D printing goes. A lot of people get confused or upset when they realize 3D printers print plastic. They don't print metal. They don't print conductive materials, at least home printers anyways. 
filament-based printers. There's more expensive ones that can make metal parts, but they use a powder, they use lasers, they're super dangerous, they're super expensive. Um, <laughs> but with home printers, yeah, exactly. If you have a part break off your toaster, if the handle breaks off, you can, you can print a new part for your toaster very, fairly easily. Okay, so let's talk strategically about your new, your new life in Richmond, Virginia. What's your game plan for making friends? <laughs> how do, uh, how... <laughs> so, so, so far, I've definitely had, uh, this is not the way that I wanted to put my first foot out, for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> this was, the amount of attention this got was pretty rough. I had friends um, from, from all across uh, the U.S. messaging me saying, hey, did you see this thing? Hey, did you see this thing? And people keep posting it on Facebook. And every time I just cringe a little bit because the headlines are just so brutal and not at all what I was going for. And, of course, you, you're fighting a losing war if you try and comment. So I actually haven't commented on a single one of these posts. Um, although, you know, Desperate Man Builds Tinder Robot in Last-Ditch Attempt to Get Laid had me really close to, to responding. <laughs> but for the most part, uh, my game plan, you know, I've actually I sent of the, the 500 messages that I've received, I actually replied to one yesterday. Um, and that's so far the only response I've made. Um, and uh, it was to an engineering student who I thought maybe might get a kick out of this project. So I sent her a message back saying, hey, and, uh, and I haven't heard a thing. So that, might be, that may very well be one of the few messages I send. My game plan definitely changed slightly after I saw the reaction that this thing had. Of the 500 girls you matched with, how many of them do you think have their own robot fingers? Hopefully all of them. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that would completely that would completely cut out the middleman. It would be a fast way to, to, to send a message to somebody. My only regret is that this thing doesn't send a message as well or an accompaniment. Um, but uh, we yeah, have that to would teach be, that would be fantastic. Type. And that was one of the comments in Gawker was somebody asking about, you know, what happens if a robot likes you back? And I don't know, maybe the two robots can meet up and poke each other. <laughs> Andrew Sink is the creator of the magical Tinder-O-Matic. His website is sinkhacks.com. Thank you so much for talking with me. Not a problem, Andrea. Thank you so much for having me. All right. That was my conversation with Andrew Sink, the creator of the Tinder-O-Matic, which I have an awesome um, animated GIF up on WFMU.org if you want to check it out. Um, just a fun little excerpt that I have from our talk. Before we started talking, he told me that he'd been listening to the last episode of Why Why. And if anyone heard it and still has some questions lingering, this might answer some of them. But um, actually, I'm kind of like scatterbrained. I was actually just listening to your podcast, and I just heard the, uh, the, the breakup with your boyfriend. I made it about halfway through, and my God, that is some cringeworthy stuff. That's brutal. I know. Um, Well, actually, I reveal halfway through that we were faking a fight about faking a fight for the show. Okay, I didn't. I didn't get to that part yet. Then I know. So your 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 performance art totally convincingly had me fooled. um, No, you're supposed to. I was listening to it, and all I could think about the whole time was, "Oh my God, this guy sounds like he just got totally blindsided. Like he is just blown away right now." I know. I've, and that was the reaction that a lot of listeners had. And my my roommate heard it while she was, um, like, driving somewhere and just got really worried for me and didn't know how to ask me what happened. Because for the most part, people couldn't make it through the whole episode. So they never heard the reveal. Yeah, I wanted to actually, I was I was listening to it earlier and I made, I was about halfway through when you called and I was like, oh, shoot, like, I really wanted to, so I'm glad I got to finally, I got like the, uh, I got the satisfying conclusion of it without having to deal with another 15, like, teeth gritty minutes <laughs> of just the most awkward conversation I've ever heard in a car. And, yeah, sorry for those of you who were <laughs> through those teeth gritting moments. And I know many of you didn't make it to the end of that episode, so maybe that clears it up without having to actually listen to us duke it out for so long. All right, well, our next segment for tonight's episode of YOY here on WFMU is from a YOY pilot episode. I was filling in for too much information with Benjamin Walker, but it was so long ago, you probably don't remember it. And these two stories are pretty incredible. They're about girls kind of going after what they want and getting exactly that. Um, Here we go. I get this message on OkCupid, and this guy writes, 
you know, standard message. And he's like, oh, you're self-employed too. He's like, let's go to France tomorrow. You know, like, okay, Cupid dating hyperbole. Like, it's a joke. And just for the hell of it, not because I was actually planning on it. I was like, fine, like, let's go to France. Let's look up tickets for France. So I looked up tickets just as I was bored at... Like, trying to kill time. It was like $1,500. That's ridiculous. And then I just got on like a web browsing tangent and I was like, oh, Kayak Explorer, like, what are prices like? And I just saw that they're $300 tickets to Panama. And I was like, hey, that's really cheap. I could go to Panama tomorrow. So I bought a ticket for myself to go to Panama. And then I write this guy back and I, I was just mainly kidding. And I was like, so France is looking too expensive, but I'm going to Panama this weekend. You can meet me there. Instead, I was like, how do you feel about that? And I figured that nothing would come out of it. And then he's like, okay, I'll meet you there. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then and then he's like, when are you going? And I'm like, oh, I bought a ticket. I'm going Saturday, leaving Tuesday. And then he like, he writes me a message. He's like, what's your what's your number so I can text you? I just bought my ticket. And I was like, okay, I guess this dude is meeting me in Panama. <laughs> so he did. He met me in Panama. I got to Panama. We met at the airport. And I was like, hi, Tyler, nice to meet you. So, yeah, that's, that was our first date. We went to Panama, and it turns out that he was the founder of this site called this, that he literally, like, built out of his parents' house, like, never hired an employee for, and did this, like, back in 2005, and eventually sold it for, like, millions of dollars. And the thing is, and he, and he wishes he hadn't sold it, so I was like, well, why didn't you? you know, why did you sell it? He's like, oh, well, he gave his reasons. And he's like, I was like, why don't you build it again? Because he, he, he kept talking about all the things he could do better. He's like, I should, and I would, and he's, and because we were already on a first date in Panama, it was already so ridiculous, we're like, let's start a company on our first date in Panama. So now we started this new competitor to his old company, and we called it, oh, and he, Anyway, so by the end of our first date in this foreign country, we had a new company. And anyway, so we had all these plans. Like, by the way, like, the chemistry wasn't there. We didn't hit it off romantically, but it, it was fun regardless. Um, so we had a good time. But by the time we got back, we'd already planned, like, a whole, like, weekend work session the following week, etc. But anyway, because he made all that money, I don't think he ever wanted to work again. So he had no intention of actually doing any work. So he kind of fell off the face of the earth. I, and I just decided to keep working on it. So that's what I'm working on now. <laughs> this is WFMU. I'm Andrea Salenzi, filling in for Benjamin Walker's and that Too was Much Information. Me filling in back in the day. This is actually why I why my own show now, blah, blah, blah. Which was so fun and so interesting. And I'm talking about a festival which he was away for. It's a really fun radio festival that WFMU um, put on that year. I'm still hungover. <laughs> um, and actually, last night while I was drinking coconut water at a friend's house party, in addition to meeting the owner of the Twitter handle at Taliban, I actually met a really interesting girl. She was telling me how she's been balancing two boyfriends for six months. So I said, oh my gosh, we have to talk about this. Grabbed her, we sat on the floor under some kitchen counters and uh, talked about everything. So because she's understandably really nervous about one of the guys listening, we've edited out a lot of the specifics and we've voice disguised her to sound quite a bit like a chipmunk. And we're going to refer to her fellows exclusively as Guy A and Guy B. So here goes. Sorry for all the high-pitched giggling. Just happens. We're girls. So you met Guy A first. Yeah, I met Guy A at a friend's birthday party. What did you like about him? I don't want to say what he does and stuff, though. Is he handsome? Sort of. <laughs> he's, he's a talented artist. And I was interested in his work. And he seemed like a genuinely talented artist. We were both talking to each other the entire time. And then left with each other. I got his email address. Not his number. Did it ever go from being hookup, hooking up to boyfriend-girlfriend? Did that ever happen? That evolved over a few weeks, actually. Um, but we immediately started seeing each other pretty frequently. I avoided 
being a girlfriend. How do you avoid being a girlfriend? What does that involve? Not leaving things at his place or? Um, like, typically, it's difficult to, dis to discuss whether or not you're boyfriend-girlfriend because you don't want to make an assumption about the other person. And so usually what happens is in public, you'll be introduced as a girlfriend. And I never introduced him. I always introduced him as my friend. And he never said anything about that? No, but then he introduced me as his girlfriend. I've still never introduced him as my boyfriend, but that's because I'm seeing someone else. <laughs> How did you meet Guy B? I met him at another birthday party <laughs> where I didn't invite Guy A because I was considering breaking up with Guy A. How long have you, have you been considering breaking up with Guy A? <laughs> it's like six months. <laughs> What is so hard about breaking up? Um, well, it's not an awful, it's not a ter I still like him as a person, and I really don't want to hurt his feelings. I think he'll be really upset. I don't want to, I don't want to put him into a weird funk. Ideally, I'd break up with him and then immediately set him up with someone else that I choose, but you can't really do that. <laughs> How do you think he would feel if he knew there was Guy B? He would be so upset, and I would be. T I would be so upset because I lied. Not only did I, it's it's different than breaking up with someone than just meeting someone and feeling jealous. But if you knew that the whole, I mean, the relationship wasn't a lie, but to know that someone was keeping that secret for so long, and that's why it's really difficult to break up with him too, because I'm kind of able to to see someone else while dating him. Um, so why not continue that for longer? So tell us about um, what drew you to Guy B and what was like the first time you guys got together. We went on a really fun date that involved making, we, we created art together. I, I want to be specific, but I can't. I know, that's okay. I'll tell you later. <laughs> um, does Guy B know Guy A? No, they don't know each other. However, Guy A works near Guy B. In, oh, I can't say where. Okay. They work near each other. They don't live near each other, but I'm always nervous walking around the street with them. So if I'm out with Guy B, I make sure we're only walking around really late at night so Guy A won't be at work, obviously. And... If I'm with Guy A, we can't go into that area at night. I'm also really weird about walking on very crowded streets. <laughs> I avoid, like, area. Actually, I shouldn't say that either. <laughs> Is this fun? Do you get something out of this on some level? Definitely. It's like, a, it's... It's a part, well, I think when you're dating someone, you like have a, you have a narrative about your life that you're telling that other person. And so I have to do so many edits of that, that it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun for me to leave out details. Like I have to design. So he says, how was your night last night? And you say, it was good. I stayed in and watched a movie, even if you stayed in with the other guy and watched a movie. I don't lie. I just leave out the detail. I don't, I never say I was home when I wasn't home. I say where I was, but I say with a friend or something. I don't say with this other guy I'm dating. <laughs> Although if I did, at this point, it would seem like I was being sarcastic. So because both of these guys trust that I'm the only one that they're dating, if I made up another person, or set, if I told them I was dating someone else, it'd sound like I was just making it up and being really funny. So I can actually probably just start telling honest stories. <laughs> that is insane. You know, in television shows, actually recently on The New Girl, one of the characters was dating two girls at the same time because he didn't want to have to break up with one of them. And as a viewer of the show, you think like, oh, this is going to fall apart in a really comedic way in about an episode or two episodes. Do you feel like one of those like TV draw, like TV characters sometimes who's like trying to juggle two girls and it always goes wrong? Actually, yeah, sometimes I kind of have this like 
fantasy of like three of us all running into each other and I just run away <laughs> and then never see either of them again and then I'll be single and then it'll just kind of be like be this mystery what happened and I won't actually be around to hurt anyone's feelings I don't know if that's terrible but I don't want to I don't want to be there if I'm telling someone <laughs> Are you are you careful about who you tell that you're dating two guys to? Have you told a lot of friends? Are you ever worried that this will get back to them through friends? I tell my friends, but I haven't told my roommates. They know that sometimes I don't. But I've gone for the night. But I don't think either of them know that it's with two different people. Have you ever brought them back to your place? Just briefly. Just to like get something, I make sure that neither of them spend too much time in my apartment because I don't want both of them to feel invited and then like say, hey, I'm in the area. So it's easier just to see them. <laughs> you're, you're, I don't, it, you're an evil genius. Wait, what do you get out of dating two guys that you couldn't get out of dating just one guy? Well, I mean, you, people have multiple friends, and you could have multiple best friends, and I, I like both of them, I have a good time with both of them. Um, I'm not in love with either of them, and that's why it's easy. Um, but also, they're opposites in ways, and I, they bring out different elements in my personality, and so it's fun to be, to have that intimacy, but times two. <laughs> what's, the, what's the shortest you've ever, between dates that you've ever gone? Oh, and by dates, I mean having sex. Like, like one on Friday, one on Saturday. <laughs> Is that weird for you? Just like a little weird. Not at, not if you're used to that. Not if you, if you, if you've decided personally, I'm going to accept these two people into my life. Then you get used to it. Just like if you're used to dating one person, right? It just becomes, it becomes habit and becomes normal. Like I'm close with both of them. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I can totally imagine this in my head. I really can, because that's what people do in New York. I just feel bad that they that they think that this could be going somewhere. I wonder if they do know. I wonder if they have considered it. Like why? Like she's hiding something. Like because you can kind of sense when someone is keeping something from you. And it's kind of weird that I I kind of don't want them to ever come to my apartment. I say it's because my apartment is such a mess. <laughs> but. Do you talk about it a lot? Like, is this like a story you've been dining out on for six months, or do you? Is it mostly a secret that you keep to yourself? It's mostly a secret I keep to myself. It's also not really. It doesn't really affect. It doesn't really consume me. It's very easy for me to do. It's kind of fun. It's it's sneaky in a way that's fun for me. Um, I like like problem solving, right? So I have to like juggle. I have to like figure out where I'll be in certain. I have to figure. I have to make sure I'm not in certain regions of New York at certain times, which is really crazy. Um, it's probably not great to be slightly nervous all the time, <laughs> um, but. It's it's exciting. I I look forward to seeing both of them. Um, it's also tricky with events. I have to make sure that if someone goes to some something with me, the people I meet there don't also see me with the other guy. Some other. Event. Nothing has happened. It's gone on for. It's gone on for like like five months. Yeah, so I feel like I'm getting a sense of what it would be like to be your boyfriend because you're having to like hesitate and really like think through everything you say and think about all the different audiences as you're talking right now. I just feel like I'm getting a feel of like how hard this is to constantly watch your story. Um, yeah, it's good to be vague. It's it's good to like act confused. <laughs> um, 
And I am a really busy person, and I'm doing a lot of stuff, and I'm in a lot of places. I have a few jobs. That's also something that helps. I've had to, I have three jobs, and I often don't tell one job that another job's a priority, and that's a common theme in my life. Life is like not telling people that they're the person I want to be talking to right now. They both gave me scum. They're both extremely interesting scum that I'll probably keep for the rest of my life. So even if I end up in a monogamous relationship, I'll probably still have these gums and it'll remind me of a time when I had two boyfriends. But, like, do you think you could be happy monogamously for the rest of your life with someone, or would you like to always keep your heart open? <laughs> I think I have to meet the right person. I think I really want to meet a third person and break up with the two of them. <laughs> but I like more than A and B, a C. <laughs> to YOY here on WFMU. Tonight's show started off with my conversation with Andy Breckman, who told me that he couldn't really remember the name of my show, YOY. Isn't it called Somebody Love You? Somebody Love Me, Please. Somebody Please Love Andrea. Isn't that what it's called? No, Andy. That's not the name of my show. It's not... He apologized after for making me sound so desperate. <sighs> but gosh, he was great. Um, Love talking to him. He's really just been a good friend over the years. And as he said, I had to have him on the show because I owe him my career. Um, if you don't listen to 7 Second Delay, you should. It's a show right before mine. It is also a podcast. Go to the iTunes store, type in 7 Second Delay. Oh my gosh, there's so many good ones in there. Um... I'm just, I pulled up my iTunes to recommend a few, but my favorite is the, there's one where they just like watch TV. That was great. Um, <laughs> uh, radio chat room ones, all the ones that are, um, that have the word puppet in them. I did, I did Andy, I did a puppet master one where I did the voice of Andy and Kelly Jones here at WFMU did the voice of Ken. That one's fun. You can also listen back to some of our live USB UCB ones. Those are great, too. Um, and then after that, we heard from Andrew Sink, who invented the Tinder-O-Matic. You can see a GIF of that on WFMU.org. And then after that, we heard two early stories from the pilot episodes of YOY. Um, the last one was Boys Disguise. We sound like two Smurf chipmunk babies for obvious reasons. She doesn't want them to know. Fun update. Last I talked to her, she broke up with them. Need another update soon. All right, we'll have her on the show again someday. 
This is WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope in Rockland County, 91.9 FM, and online at WFMU.org. Please stay tuned now for Infinite Distortion with Bosch. Cannot explain the extent of the soil 